Ayan. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. And uh, I like to stand and just honor God's Word. This is the Word of God we're going to read. And um, we're in a world that is very tossed and troubled and full of turmoil and pain, anger, rage, hatred, confusion, moral confusion, bloodshed, violence everywhere. Middle East is embroiled in a war. Our own country is divided right down the middle. And if there was ever a time that God is looking for strong churches, it's now. How will we, though, take anything um, in answer form to a dark and dying world if we're not strong? we got to be strong on the inside. The most important part of you is not a muscular frame. It's not a toned body. The most important part of you is your inner man. Your inner man. How strong are you on the inside? Um, Because that's what God is looking for. Jesus grew mighty in spirit. John the Baptist grew mighty in spirit. The, the, the Word of God points out one thing about their boyhood. They grew mighty in their spirit, in their inner man. They were mighty. They were strong. Paul said, the outer man is perishing day by day, but the inner man is being renewed day by day. So while the outer man is perishing, everybody said, I know that's right. The inner man is being strengthened. Day by day. That's God's will. Now, I'm going to talk to you today about how to stay strong in a sinking world. Last time we talked about you got to keep your inner man strong. But today I want to talk to you about surrender. The importance of total surrender. So important. Without total surrender, we're never going to be strong on the inside. So let me just expand on that. Let's look at Matthew 26, 39. I'm going to read two verses. Now, we're coming into the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is praying. He knows he's headed to the cross. And and it says, going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, what's the next part say? Not as I will, but as you will. Everybody say surrender. That's surrender. That's the captain of our salvation showing us how to surrender to the will of God. Romans 12, 1, Paul is talking to the Roman church, and by default, all of us. And he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Everybody say surrender. Surrender. Because the first verse, Jesus surrendering. Second verse, God's call to all of us to live a surrendered life. Surrendered to God. So these two verses, all about surrender. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. And I pray that you will speak to us. Lord, this is the word of God. It's sharp and powerful. It pierces and divides soul and spirit. 
the joints and the marrow. It discerns our motives, the intents of our heart. And we pray that right now, the Word of God will penetrate our soul, that we will get it, we will hear it, we will see it, and we will, Lord, apply it. We thank you for changing us with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, total surrender, and you can be seated. Now, there's two kinds of surrender in life, all right? The first one is when you surrender to something that is wrong, and you always lose. So there's, there's that kind of surrender. In a battle, a spiritual battle, you surrender to the enemy. And, and when that happens, we're always the loser when we do that. Amen? There's then another kind of surrender. When in the battle, you surrender to God. In life, you surrender to God. And in surrendering to God, you're surrendering to the right thing. And so when you surrender to God, you're always the winner. You will always win when you surrender to God. I'm going to say again, you will always win when you surrender to God. So there's a surrender that leads to loss. There's a surrender that leads to gain. There's a surrender that is defeat. And there is a surrender that is victory. So life is all about surrender. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus surrendered to the will of God and went all the way to the cross. He knew what the cross entailed. He knew he would be separated from the Father for a moment. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was sweating, as it were, great drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane at the mere thought of what it was about to go down. But the Bible says he surrendered, not my will but yours. And, and in doing that, our Savior blazed a trail for you and me to surrender to God in the time of battle. When it's between our will and God's will, Jesus set the pattern to always surrender to God. Life is about surrender. Thank God he did surrender and went all the way to the cross. Amen? Because if he had not surrendered and gone to the cross, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be saved. We would be in the, ho- in the world without any hope. But thank God Jesus said, not my will but yours be done. And he went all the way to the cross and died on the cross and spilled his innocent, stainless, perfect blood for your sin and mine. Jesus died on the cross, bled and died, so that we could live today. And I'm so thankful that Jesus surrendered. And in doing that, we've got the same DNA on the inside, because He lives inside of us. And the the, the Savior that lives in you and me is not a quitter. He is not one who surrenders to what is wrong. He always surrenders to what is right. And that's who lives in you and me. That's who lives in you and me. If you stop and think about it, life is so much about surrender. Life is about surrender. Life is about what you and I surrender to. Your future today swings on the hinge of what you surrender to. To God and His will for your life, or to Satan and your old sinful flesh. But what we surrender to today decides the quality of our tomorrow. It's so important what you surrender to. Because every day is a series of surrenders. We surrender to God or we surrender to the flesh. We put up the white flag 
and surrender in the battle, or we stay with it, and we stay in prayer, and we stay in the Word, and we stay surrendered, and we win. But life is about surrender. We see that Paul in Romans 12, 1, encourages total surrender to God, which is the ultimate expression of spiritual worship. He said, you want to know what spiritual worship really is? It's when you totally surrender to God. Surrender to God. Amen. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So when you present your body, that means your whole life, everything in it, all the issues of life. There's not anything being held back. There is nothing you're hanging on to that God wants you to give up. But it is total surrender. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. The NIRV says, so I'm asking you to offer up your bodies to him while you're still alive. You can't surrender to God when you're dead. When you're dead, you're dead. But when you're alive, what are you surrendered to? Because so much of life is about surrender. Every single day, we're faced with options. Am I going to surrender to God here, or am I going to surrender to the flesh? Am I going to go with His will or my will? Am I going to do what people want, or am I going to do what He wants? Am I surrendered to Him, or am I surrendered to other things? It's so important what we surrender to. You're never going to be mighty in your inner man without total surrender. Total surrender. Paul said, yield your bodies to the Lord. If we're going to be strong in the inner man, then it begins with, it starts with, total surrender to God. We hear people say, um, I got saved, oh, 10 years ago, but this week I, I, I yielded to the Lordship. I made Him Lord. I was saved 10 years ago, but this week I made Him Lord. That is so backwards, because the moment we get saved, He's Lord. He's Lord right then and there. You don't make him Lord. He's Lord. The minute that you and I get saved, we are totally surrendered. We are supposed to be totally surrendered to God. You don't decide to surrender 10 years down the road. The moment he saves you, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And the way you glorify God with your body is by presenting your body totally to the Lord and surrendering it to him. Amen. Here's the fact, without total surrender, we're never going to make it in the long haul. We're never going to make it to the end. We won't break that finish tape at the end of the line. If you want to be able to say with Paul, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. If you want to be able to say that, then you've got to surrender. The only way Paul made it to the end is he lived a surrendered life. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Otherwise, I am crucified with Christ. I'm surrendered to Him. And that's how He could make it all the way to the end. Jesus gave us the terms of discipleship in this verse. He said, you cannot be my disciple unless you love me more than you love your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. You cannot follow me unless you love me more than you love your own life. Listen to those words. You can't be my disciple. You can't follow me. You can't be my disciple. You can't follow me without total surrender. You can't be my disciple and you can't follow me. You'll fizzle, faint, or fail somewhere along the road without total surrender. You cannot be my disciple. You cannot follow me 
You won't make it to the end. In the long haul, you won't make it without total surrender. Are you hearing me today? I know this is not a jump up and shout and scream and twist and all of that kind of message, but this is real Christianity. This is Christianity in the raw. This is why a lot of people don't make it at all because they never heard anybody tell them what Jesus really said about discipleship. In Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Boy, that's a popular message for today. Let him deny himself. When our culture is all about self, taking care of self, catering to self, loving self, maintaining self, making self numero uno in your life. But what did Jesus say? He said, deny yourself. Pick up your cross daily. And follow me. And that means, here's the cross. The cross is not some disease that you say, well, God gave me this disease and this is my cross to bear. God didn't do that. Let me tell you what the cross is. The cross is when your will and God's will come into conflict, you say, not my will, but yours be done. When you do that, that's the cross. And that happens many, many times every single day. You pick up your cross and there's a conflict, something yourself wants, something your flesh wants. And God says, that's not what I have for you. I want you to do this instead. And you come into conflict with the will of God. That's what happened with Jesus. Lord, if there's any way for me to get out of this cross, show me. And there wasn't one. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus died to himself before he ever died on the cross. Jesus said every single day, you've got to pick up a cross. Every single day, you're going to have times, moments, where you've got to say, his will or mine, his way or mine, his purpose or mine, his desire or mine. And you choose him. When you do that, you just picked up the cross. And you're following him. And that's the only way you or I are ever going to get to the end. Finish the race. Keep the faith. Never denying him. Never walking away. Never quitting. Pick up your cross daily. Nothing pictures Total surrender like the cross. Because on the cross, you're helpless. On the cross, your flesh is crucified. Jesus said, no man can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. So when it comes to staying strong in a sinking world, total surrender to God is first. Where we voluntarily, like Jesus did, say, all right, I choose the will of God. I choose total surrender. We sing, I surrender all. When we sing it, have we done it? I know there have been times I sang it, and I really truthfully should have sung, I surrender all, almost. Or I surrender most. But all is what he calls for. Now let me tell you why it's so important. Because without total surrender, Satan is going to attack you and me in the unsurrendered areas of our life. 
That's where he attacks. You want to know how the enemy gets to you and me or what his plan of attack is with you and me? He attacks the unsurrendered areas of our life. That's why Jesus didn't call for 90%, 95%, 80% surrender. He called for total surrender because the enemy is going to attack wherever we're not surrendered. I want you to imagine walking down the hallway of your soul. We're walking down the hallway of your soul. And we see several doorways leading to various rooms as we walk down the hallway of your soul. As we pass the various doors, we see that writing is on them. And here's what we might see. Finances. Surrendered. Check. Friendships. Surrendered. Morals. Surrendered. Career. Surrendered. So far, so good. But then we come to a door and we see the devil is right at that door, standing in front of it, pushing and kicking against it. And as we get a little bit closer, we see written on that door, unsurrendered. And that's the one the devil is in front of, kicking to get into the room. Whatever part of your life the unsurrendered door happens to represent, It's that one that the enemy will hit. It can be career, a person, place, thing. It can be uh, a habit. It can be an aspiration, a dream. It can be anything that we have not surrendered to God. Present your body a living sacrifice. That harkens back to the Old Testament when they would sacrifice a lamb on the altar. The entire lamb was consumed. That's what Paul was thinking about. Total surrender. Because without that, the enemy is going to attack. Every boxer that is trained in boxing, professional boxing, is told early on, here's your mode of attack. You look for the weakness in your enemy. You find the one place where he's not really that good or where where, where you can get to him. And then you exploit that weakness and you attack it over and over and over again. Every football team... All week long, they spend it watching films of the team they're about to face. What are they looking for? They're looking for weaknesses that they can exploit and beat them on Sunday. The devil does the same thing. He looks at you and me. He knows our past. He knows where he had us. He he knows that. Now, he doesn't know everything. God knows everything. Satan's... Uh, information and knowledge is limited, but he knows that. He knows where to go at you. He knew where to go at Peter. He knew where to go at Job. He knows where to go at you. And if there's an unsurrendered room, the door says unsurrendered as of yet. That's the one he's going to attack. That's why it's so important to totally surrender. For instance, Paul wrote of an old traveling companion these haunting words. He said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now, you know what's interesting? Demas. Demas. This morning in my devotional, I was in Philemon. In the book of Philemon, at the very end of it, Paul mentions Demas, his traveling companion. You read about him in other epistles. He mentions Demas. Demas greets you. Demas says hello. 
Demas, my traveling companion. Demas had seen all the miracles. He had seen all the churches built. He had heard this incredible wisdom that poured out of Paul. But one day, Demas walked. Something in Demas had remained unsurrendered, and the pull of the world finally got to him through that door. Paul said, Demas has forsaken me. He walked out. When I needed him most, he's gone. What happened to him? Something in his life wasn't surrendered. It's so important that we trust the Lord with everything. And can I give you some good news? Even that one thing that you and I have really strong difficulty letting go of, the grace of God can empower you to let go. The, the grace of God. One, one time Jesus talked to a rich young man who had approached him with a question. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, steal, bear false testimony, defraud, honor your, you should honor your father and mother. The rich young ruler said, teacher, praise God, all these I have kept since I was a boy. In other words, I'm good to go. And I love the next statement. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Because Jesus saw right through him. And he knew not every door was surrendered. He said, really? Well, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Look at verse 22. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And he walked away sorrowful, for he had many riches. Why was he sorrowful if he was rich? Because his spiritual journey was sabotaged by what he couldn't surrender. He couldn't go on with Jesus. He was stopped right there. Because, folks, if you can't surrender all, sooner or later the enemy is going to find it, play on it, exploit it, and hinder your walk. Total surrender is the prerequisite to staying strong in a sinking world. It's the prerequisite. Without total surrender, the devil's going to find it, and, or your flesh will find it, and it's going to hinder you. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Then let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, who always lives to make intercession for you and me. Amen? Then here's another reason for total surrender. Ready? Because becoming like Jesus requires total surrender. How many of you want to be like Jesus? Amen. Now, now, Christianity, this is not what it's about. It's not about you getting rich, getting the best house on the block, getting the nicest car, having the most money. That is not what Jesus came to do. That's not why God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus to save us from hell, from our sins, and to make us and mold us and shape us into the image of Jesus. Amen? So, that said, Romans 12, 2, listen to this. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. 
Conformed or transformed, those are the two choices for every believer. Now, notice what comes before the call to spiritual transformation in verse 2? The call to total surrender in verse 1. Present your bodies to God, a living sacrifice, then don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Total surrender precedes transformation. It's it's like, how much do we want to be like him? Do we really want to be like him? Well, I believe deep down in the heart of every child of God, we want to be like the Lord. We want to walk like him, talk like him, think like him, love like him, be patient like him, be merciful like him, be gracious like him, love people like him. Jesus was an irresistible personality. He was nothing to look at. There's no beauty that we should desire him, Isaiah said. But his personality was magnetic and irresistible. Because he was perfection in all of the high-end character qualities. He was perfect. And we want to be like him. And so when we get saved, God has one ultimate goal. That no matter what we go through, no matter what the devil throws at us, no matter what people do to us, no matter what valleys we've got to traverse, what mountains we've got to climb, what fiery ovens we've got to endure, God says, I'm going to take all those things and make them serve one purpose. I'm going to make you like my son. Yeah. One last reason that total surrender really matters. Listen, let me tell you this about total surrender. It's a daily thing. You got to do it daily. I heard somebody preach a while back. They said, if you pray for something in faith, and then you pray for the same thing in faith again, you didn't pray in faith. You prayed in unbelief. Once you pray once, you shouldn't pray for something again. And I thought, that's the nuttiest thing I've ever heard. Because Jesus said, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Uh, So to pray repeatedly for the same thing is what faith does until you get a breakthrough. Amen? But surrender is the same way. How many of you have ever surrendered to the Lord more than once? Oh, the rest of you need to have, you need down here in this altar, you need to surrender again. How many of you have surrendered a few times in life? Come on, everybody. Yeah, because fresh surrender is something the child of God should do and needs to do, I think, fairly often. So Jesus said, you got to pick up your cross daily. There's a daily surrender, daily. I, I die daily. Paul said, I die daily. I surrender daily. Here's why. Because we're all engaged in a daily battle with the flesh. That part of us that wants to go where God doesn't want us to go and do what God doesn't want us to do, that's our flesh. That's your flesh. Your fleshy nature. Galatians 5, 17. Listen to this. We naturally love to do evil things. Who's he talking to here? Believers. We naturally love to do evil things. That are just the opposite from the things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things we want to do when the Spirit has his way with us are just the opposite of our natural fleshly desires. These two forces within us, watch these words, are constantly fighting each other. 
There is a daily battle to win control over us. What are we going to surrender to? The flesh, the old fleshly nature, or are we going to surrender to the control of the Holy Spirit? And our wishes are never free from the pressure of this battle. We face this battle several times a day, starting with rush hour traffic. Right? That's where it begins. You get in that car, and if the car starts, hallelujah, but you get on that highway, you are immediately in conflict with the flesh and the spirit. Because the flesh wants to act like flesh. When somebody pulls in front of you and slows you down. But the spirit of God wants you to act like Jesus. So what are you going to do? What are you going to surrender to? A lot of Christians are surprised to discover that following their salvation, their old nature doesn't go away. Yeah. And if you think yours did, ask your spouse. Go ahead and take a minute. Ask him right now. My old nature go away? No. Because here's the deal. When we were lost, we only had an old sinful nature. That's all we had. So we did exactly what that old sinful nature told us to do. We were slaves to sin. But after our salvation, the Spirit of God came to live inside us, and we get a brand new nature. And that brand new nature is in conflict with that old nature. And they never stop battling one another. So you've got to practice daily, moment by moment, surrender to God and the control of His Spirit in life. Our initial surrender to God is the first of thousands to come. Pastor David Jeremiah quoted a little poem this week. I just happened to be listening to the radio, and I thought, I'm going to repeat that. Here's what he said. Two natures beat within my breast. The one is foul. The one is blessed. The one I love and the one I hate. And the one I feed will dominate. Now that's good. So it comes down to this. Which of the two natures are you feeding the most? Which of the two natures are you feeding? Which of the two natures am I feeding the most? That's why we're we're a broken record here. We as believers need to be with God every day. We need to get with the Lord every day. How are we ever going to survive in this crazy, mixed up, upside down, topsy-turvy, insane world? Unless every single day we're getting into the Word of God in prayer and feeding our inner man, feeding the inner man, feeding the inner man, the good things of God, so that the inner man is what dominates. We want that inner man to dominate. We want the inner man to be strong. We want to be Herculean on the inside. We want to be muscular on the inside. Bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness profits in all things, Paul wrote. Amen? Stand up with me today, would you? When I look back to when I was around 18, I remember being faced with a decision. Am I going to surrender to God or am I going to surrender to my own will? And I had to make a decision a decision of surrender. Because listen, there's not, in this sanctuary right now, there's not one person that is not surrendered to something. 
you're surrendered to God or you're surrendered to something else. You know, I read with great sorrow how Matthew Perry of Friends fame died yesterday. Well, uh, 54? But all of his life struggled with surrender to drugs. Surrender to alcohol. And my take is, I don't know, I hate to see it, I see a man filthy rich and yet miserable on the inside. Because money, and if you surrender to that God of money, it will never fulfill you. It will never give you peace. It will never answer the deep calls of your soul. No. But here's this, this man that you had to like. Okay? Gone. Drowned. How? Body weakened from years of abusing it? I don't know. But I do know it wasn't God's will for him. But see, he surrendered to the wrong things. Life is all about surrender. What are you surrendering to today? What do you surrender to most, primarily? Have you surrendered to Jesus? Have you surrendered to him? Because he's the only one that will protect you from all the other things that call for your attention and want you to surrender to them, and they will ruin you. Surrender to Jesus, and you will live. Surrender to Jesus, and you'll be freed. Surrender to Jesus, and you'll have joy. Surrender to Jesus, and you'll have eternal life. Surrender your life to Jesus, because you're going to surrender to something. Yes, you are. So can we lift our hands to the Lord today? And I want us as a church to pray. Because I know that some of you are in a battle, a a, a battle with the enemy, a battle with flesh, to surrender to something that would destroy you if you fully gave in. It would destroy you if you fully gave in. And the Lord doesn't want that. And so maybe my voice right now is here to stand in the middle of your path and say, don't do it. Don't surrender to it. Fight it. Stand against it. Ask God's grace to help you to surrender to Him. And you will win. In Jesus' name, pray this with me. Say, Lord, today I give you what I'm having trouble letting go of. A person, a place, a thing, a dream, something that I need to let go of and I surrender it to you. Now pray this with me. Say, Lord, I receive the grace. I can't let go on my own. But with your grace, I can do all things. I can let go. I can surrender. I surrender all. Not most. I surrender all. 
Help me, Lord, to live a surrendered life to the will of God as much as lies within me. Help me to walk a surrendered walk. Some of you need to surrender a grudge, a bitterness, and unforgiveness. Some of you need to surrender a habit. And you say, but it's got me in its grip. I can't let go. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. By grace, you stand. By grace, you can let go. Great. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And anything that is trying to get you to surrender to it instead of God, God is greater. Let it go. Give it to God today. Drinking, a drug, immorality, a wrong relationship. God is mightier than the pull that thing has on you. Let it go. Don't be like Demas. Nothing is worth your walk with God. No person, no place, no thing is worth you not going on with God. Thank you, Lord. Say, I receive that, Pastor Jeff. Say to Jesus, Lord, I receive it. The grace to help me to live a 100% surrendered life.